ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening. Thank you for downloading. And thank you for subscribing to the latest edition of the 12 Kyle podcast. I am your boy, 12 Kyle. Check this out. On this episode, we're going back. Um, how far are we going back? We're going back to 1988. And what I mean by that is I was riding around the other day and a song came on, right? And I remembered the song from 1988. And then it kind of hit me like, what if I did a podcast where I could tell you where I was, maybe not necessarily where I was, but what I was doing and what I was listening to at a particular time. So it gave me the idea of to pick a particular year. And in this case, we're going to go back to 1988. I'll tell you where I was, how old I was, maybe some of the places that I went and the music that I was listening to. So what I did was I narrowed it down to, and these are no particular order, five R&B tracks that I used to listen to and five hip hop tracks. Um, and that's not easy because 1988 was an incredible year for music. Um, so yeah, uh, this is one of the uh, first series of what we call the In the Car series. So let's go back to the car. In the Car, 1988. So first and foremost, in 1988, I was 15 years old for most of the year. I turned 16 in December of that year. Um, I was a what high school sophomore. Um and I was just a typical kid, like, you know, I like to listen to music. I played football in high school. Um, so a lot of my time was spent at practice uh, when I wasn't in school um, and just in the neighborhood, you know, just playing my boys. We play basketball in the summertime. We swim at my crib. Um, so just different things. I, I was the typical kid, I would say. Um Middle class, you know, we we didn't. I mentioned a pool. We didn't have money, <laughs> so. Um, but yeah, I just did the stuff that everybody in my neighborhood did. Like you know, it's just I just kicked it right. Um, but I was a huge fan of music, as you can tell. I mean, if you've been listening to this podcast, uh, you you know how I feel about music. Uh, in particular, um, it is uh, very soothing to the soul. Um. Nonetheless, in 1988, I was really, really ingrained into music. So uh, let's start with the cover art. The picture that you see is the exact car that I was driving in 1988. In 1988, I did have my driver's license, even at 15. Um, now, I'll be honest, where I grew up, I grew up in uh, Florence, South Carolina. Uh, it's not a big place, um, but it's home. And it's always been home and it'll always be home. And if you ask me where I'm from, that's where I'm from. It's not where I live, but that's where I'm from. Um, nonetheless, riding around in Florence, you know, I was I was bumping some things. Um, and so my car or my mom's car, because it wasn't my car. So the car that you see in the uh, in the uh, cover art, that's the car that we had. It was, um, I want to say like an 86 Sentra. Had a tape deck. Um, it was light blue, though. It was like um, UCLA Bruin blue. Um, so, yeah. Uh, but that was my joint. Um, so, yeah. Anyway, 
on any given day, you would catch me definitely in my room listening to this song. New Editions, Can You Stand the Rain? On a perfect day, I know that I can count on you. When that's not possible, tell me, can you ever restore? I think it goes without saying it like that's one of the best songs uh, ever created. It was definitely one of the best songs of 1988, hands down to me. Um, so, yeah, you was going to catch me listening to any um, the entire album. But Can You Stand the Rain still goes hard to this day. Uh, honestly, we didn't know how it was going to shake out because Bobby Brown had left the group. And so you didn't know. And. I had heard of Johnny Gill, but I didn't know Johnny Gill could sing like that, you know. So, um, yeah, Can You Stand the Rain got a lot of a lot of play in my room. Um, I was always surrounded by music, so like I always had, um, you know, my tape deck. I had my cassette player with me, a Walkman, if you will, um, and and I always had headphones. And so, like, I was in it. So, and I had music in the car. So, like, I was never not around music. Um, you know, for for the for those of you who weren't around in 1980, we didn't have the internet, we didn't have cell phones, so you couldn't just download your music on your phone. You had to physically have a copy of a tape or a um, CDs. But I couldn't afford CDs back then. Um, second song I used to bump a lot. Uh, I mentioned him uh, just a few minutes ago. Um, Bobby Brown, and the joint that I used to bump all the time was um, my prerogative. Yeah, that's my joint, my prerogative. Um, you know, Bobby did a lot with that album. Um, 
he transformed himself and he catapulted himself to superstardom, I think. And um, Bobby Brown's run in R&B was incredible. I mean, like, front if you want, nobody could have told us that he would have left a super group like New Edition and then struck off on his own and still and actually become an even bigger star. His album, for as dope as New Edition's album was, Bobby crushed them in sales. Um, but they were two incredible albums. Uh, but yeah, that got a lot of play in, in, in the in the car. Um, number three, and he, again, he's in no particular order. Um, dude out of New York. He had one eyebrow. Al B. Shore. Uh, the joint I used to bump all the time. Off on your own girl. Man, listen, um, that album, I, I want to say, um, I'll be sure his album probably was like, what, eight songs? Like, it wasn't long at all, but, but I'll be sure killed it. Um, and Off On Your Own Girl was a single, it might have been the lead single, if I'm not mistaken, um, got a lot of play in the car. A lot of play in the car, particularly, um, you know, when I drive to school or, or go to practice or something like, or if, if my mom sent me to the store, um, you know, the beat would come on and, um, you know, we, we, I ain't really have no booming system in this Nissan Sentra, but, you know, it had a little knock to it. So, um, <laughs> so yeah, I, I would, I would definitely play, um, off on your own girl. Um, that was yeah. That was that was my joint. Um, another joint from 1988 that got a lot of play in the car. Um, got a lot of play at the crib. A lot, lot of play. Just me walking around in 1988 um, was actually a song by a group where there's really no lyrics. The only lyrics is Teddy Jam. Jam for me. <laughs> Just a simple command from my man, uh, Aaron Hall, a uh, member of the group Guy, and the song is Teddy's Jam. Jam. Oh, jam. Jam. Teddy jam for me, yeah.
Listen, if you were outside in 1988, Teddy's Jam was the shit. Like, there was no way that you could go anywhere and not hear this song. It was just that dope. It was all over the radio. It was everywhere. It was coming through car speakers. It was coming through. It was on the block. If you was in the hood, I didn't live in the hood, but if you went through the hood, you was going to hear it. It was everywhere. Teddy's Jam, all over the radio. Huge, huge song. Um, I'm a big fan of that album. Big fan of Guy. Um, that got that got a lot, a ton of play in my car in 1988. Um, fifth and final R&B song. It's not necessarily R&B, but I'm going to put it in this category because it doesn't fall into rap. Um, got a lot of play. It was a song from a soundtrack. The soundtrack was from a movie. The movie was called School Days. It was directed by Spike Lee. The song by a group called EU, and it's simply called The Butt. Listen, this song is a staple. I don't care who you are. I don't care where you are. I don't care where you grew up. You may not have grown up in D.C., which is where Go-Go was originated. Prior to hearing this song, I don't think I'd ever heard a Go-Go song before. But this was Go-Go. And this was Go-Go's big strike at the mainstream. Um, shout out to the godfather, Go-Go Chuck Brown. Rest in peace. Um, yeah, this was it. Like, this was incredible. Um, and even to this day, man, the song, the video, it makes you move. I mean, I, there's not much more I can say beyond that. Love this joint. Um, got a lot of play in the car. A lot of play in the car. Because you know what? If you didn't have the tape, you were going to hear this song on the radio, hands down. I don't care. You could switch radio stations, and you still were going to hear this song damn near every day, all day. Um, so now let's go to hip-hop. Um, the hip-hop songs that I listened to, they all stood out. I mean, like, and I'll be honest, it, it's it's hard to really even narrow it down to five but i just just for time's sake uh i'm gonna you know do five songs and if you're listening um 
you'll hear the songs, but if you're watching on YouTube, I can't put the songs on YouTube. So that's that. Um, <laughs> num and they, again, these are in no particular order. Number one, Boogie Down Productions. My philosophy. So you're a philosopher. <laughs> yes. Um, I think very deeply. So you're a philosopher? Yes. 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 I think very deeply. I think very deeply. I think very deeply. I think I think I think very deeply. In about four seconds, a teacher will begin to speak. I think very deeply. Instructions to a game. See, I'm not insane. In fact, I'm kind of rational. rational. When I'm asking you, who's more dramatic? This one or that one? The white one or the black one? Black the punk and I'll jump up to attack one. Terrorist one is just the gotta lead a crew right up to your face and diss you. Everyone saw me on the last album cover, holding a pistol, something far from a lover. Beside my brother, S C O T T. I just laugh because no one can defeat me. This is lecture number two. Um. Man, listen, that was the anthem. That was the anthem that particular year. Like, um, we did the album review, uh, me and Eclectic, and you guys heard it. But I mean, like, that was one of the um one of one of the best albums to come out that particular year. <clears throat> Excuse me, but just that song, man. Uh, and then when the video dropped, listen. That video was so cold. Black and white, Scott LaRock Jr., man, BDP bum rushing the stage. I mean, come on, man. It, that, that, that's hip-hop right there. That's hip-hop right there. Um, number two, Eric and Parrish, Making Dollars. EPMD, you got to chill, chill, chill. You got the shell, 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 shell. Your mind, let your concert be free and get down to the sounds of your PMZ. But you should keep quiet while the MC rap. But if you're tired, then go take a nap. I'll stay awake and watch the show I take because right now I'm about to shake and bend. The E I C K is my name, my spell. Things to the clientele, yo, I rock well. I'm not an MC who talking all that junk about who can beat who. Sound like a pump. I just get down and I go for mine. Say check one, two, I run down the line. To the average MC. I'm known as the Terminator, funky beat maker, new Jack Sterney, destroying a ploy, when you're rhyming our void, never sweating your girl, why pig, she's a schizoid, when I'm on the scene, I always... Whoo, listen, that one got a lot of play in the car because of the sound, um, it, it just, it just banged, man, I mean, like, it was one of those joints where, like, if I went, if I if I got in a car and I rode drove around a corner to my boy Jay Fresh's crib or Zell's crib, like when you pulled up, you wanted to be playing that. Particularly if girls were outside, like you know the girls in the neighborhood, if they were standing outside, you wanted to you wanted to pull up playing EPMDs. You guys to chill in 1988. 
even if your car didn't have a system, you wanted to play EPMDs, you guys to chill as you pulled up. And I'm going to tell you why, because the song is so cool. And then the video was cool. So like, if you pulled up to somebody's house, you had to get out of the car and leave the car running and let it still be playing so you could look cool doing it. That's what we did in 1988. At least that's what I did as a 15 year old in 1988. <laughs> um, what else? What else? Um, oh, another anthem from 1988 that got a lot of play in my car. Did an album review, me and Eclectic. Um, shout out to e. um, Public Enemies. Black Steel in the Hour of Chaos. I got a letter from the government the other day. I opened and read it. It said they were suckers. They wanted me for their army or whatever. Picture me giving a damn. I said never. Here's a land that never gave a damn about a brother like me and myself because they never did. I wasn't with it, but just that very minute it occurred to me. The suckers had authority. Cold sweating as I dwell in myself. Hello. Listen, I got a letter from the government the other day. I opened and read it and said they were suckers. Man, listen, that's my joint. Um, again, got a lot of play in the car. I, I remember like this particular song got a lot of play in my car in 1988 because sometimes I would just sit in, in the driveway in my, in my crib and just listen to it and just listen to this album or the tape, if you will um incredible incredible still bumps to this day i still still get that feeling of 1988 when i hear it um let's see that's three um oh another anthem from 1988 particularly that summer um going into that fall um nwa fuck the police selling narcotics you rather see me in the pen than me and lorenzo rolling in a benzo be the police out of shape and when i finish bring the yellow tape to take off the scene of the slaughter still getting swole up bread and water i don't know if they fags or what such a nigga down and grabbing his nuts and on the other hand without a gun they can't get none but don't let it be a black and a white one because they'll slam you down to the street top black police showing out for the white Man, listen, that 
song triggered us. And the reason why it triggered us is because, like, even though they were describing what they were going through in South Central L.A., being racially profiled by the police, being harassed by the police, being beaten by the police. We didn't have that in Florence, South Carolina, but you did experience racial profiling. You did experience, you know, being followed by the police. Um, you know, I never got pulled over by the police at that, at that particular time when I was driving, but you no, know, I do remember cops getting behind me and following me and riding behind me all the way until I got on my side of the town, you know, um, from as opposed to the other side of town. Um, and again, they didn't pull me over, but they did enough to traumatize me to make me think like they could pull me over. Um, so yeah, that was our anthem, hands down. I mean, like that that song, even back then in 1988, in my car resonated with me, still resonates to this day. Um, and okay, so that's four. Um, five, I probably go with I'm just going off the top. What else got a lot of play? Oh. Arguably one of the dopest posse cuts ever in the history of hip hop. Marley Mall's The Symphony. I don't care who's first or who last, but I know that y'all just better rock this at the drop of a dime, baby. I don't know what y'all gonna do with this, but it got to be funky. It got to be funky if you're gonna be on it. I don't care who start, I don't care what y'all do, but you got to be finished before the I mean, that's dopeness personified right there. Dopeness personified. I mean, it, it doesn't get any better than those MCs going at it. We still, me and my boys, we still argue to this day about who had the best verse. Um, but yeah, that was that was that was 88, man. That was 88. Again, I was a kid in Florence, South Carolina, 15, eventually turning 16 years old that particular year in high school. I didn't do a lot of riding around, but the riding around that I did, because I mean, and when I say I didn't do a lot of riding around, I did, but like, there's only been so many places you can go as a kid. I mean, like, you can go to the mall, you can go to the movie theater, you can go to the um, uh, skating rink. <laughs> and, you know, so it's just, my hometown is a small place, so it's not like, you know, uh, and you go to McDonald's uh, and stuff like that, you can go to run errands and stuff. So, I was at that stage where uh, anytime I got a chance to get the keys, I was gone. So, like, you know, if my mom needed me to go to the store to get some sugar, I'd go because that gave me a chance to get in the car and listen to music and just kind of vibe. And um, it's funny how those things, you, you, you develop those habits back then. And honestly, they kind of still stick with you to this day. At least for me, they do. But um, 
Yeah, that's it, man. Uh, thank you for checking out this edition of the 12 Kyle podcast. Again, I'm your boy, 12 Kyle. This has been a new installment, uh, something we'll talk about from time to time in the car. This is in the car 1988. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast. Uh, the podcast drops every Thursday at midnight. Uh, from time to time, we drop bonus episodes on Sundays at midnight. Uh, if you feel like contributing financially to the podcast, hit us up on Cash App, dollar sign, T-W-E-L-V-E-K-Y-L-E. Again, that's going to do it for me. I am your boy, 12 Kyle. I'll catch you guys next time. 5G.